Super Scoreboard. Women in Football Podcast. Inspiring the next generation of girls in the game. Welcome to Super Scoreboard's Women in Football Podcast with me, Joe Hendry, and I am joined today by Vicky Allen. Vicky, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Now, your role in sort of the game at the minute, you are an assistant referee. So a referee in the middle and on the line domestically and on the line abroad, yeah. Now, you've risen pretty high through the ranks, haven't you? I mean, I guess you're only 27 as well. So, you know, give us a little bit of an idea for those people that aren't aware, um, kind of how you got into into refereeing. Yeah, um, so my uh, dad, was a referee uh, and my mum worked in football so kind of always grew up with it and when I turned 16 that's when you can uh, sit the exam in Scotland so I'd kind of made a joke to my friends saying oh I could go and do the, the referee exam now and you know at that point in time they're kind of like but girls don't referee mm-hmm. um, so you know at, at that point in time it was kind of a bit of a well I'll show you more yeah. than you know I'm going to make a, a kind of a, well, still a hobby but you know a semi-career out of this Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, kind of one thing led to another, did my exam um, and started repping and, and fell in love with it. And, you know, 10, 11 years on here, here we are. Um, so, yeah, so just worked my way up the ranks, kind of, you know, I went to uni and stuff, had a bit of a normal few years from kind of 16 to 20. And then, you know, started to take it really seriously and uh, got my FIFA badge in 2017 and had some amazing experiences since then. So been very lucky. And it takes up a huge part of your life, doesn't it? I mean, you have your your job that you do, but then refereeing is a is a full time job essentially as well in terms of what you need to put into it. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think people think you know we just show up at a ground on a Saturday or a Sunday, and mm-hmm. and then that's it. We go in the middle of the park, but you know there, there's so much more. We obviously we have to train, like you say. There there's no full time referees, um, like in England, um, in Scotland, so we all have. Um, our own jobs on top of it nine till five Monday to Friday or, or whatever you're doing um, but on top of that we've got all our training um, and a lot of like attending seminars um, to make sure you know we're up to date with the laws of the game with all changes happening and watching lots of clips and then of course when it actually comes to our games um, doing a bit of research on the team so you're ready to go in on the day um, and then you know showing up those hour hour and a half before a game and, and getting ready and everything so there's a lot more into it I think than people appreciate from from a refereeing angle. Absolutely and now you mentioned your dad was a referee and um, your dad was of course Crawford Allen who worked in the your top flight men's football for a long time yeah that I've got to ask that did it not put you off like seeing what your dad <laughs> clearly it didn't put you off but you know it's it's a it's a demanding job and you've got to have a thick skin. Oh yeah, definitely. I think um, I do think I uh, I'm maybe a little bit different to others. You know, growing up with it and literally sitting in the stands and hearing it, and yeah, it's it's not very nice. And I'm I'm sure people have heard other referees speak throughout lockdown about kind of their their experience and stuff. And obviously, it's not not great um, getting the abuse out that you. But it's just I just love refereeing. You know, I, I, that's the negative part of it. But there's so many other positives of you know there's the refereeing family and you know, I've got all these uncles and aunties, mm-hmm. you know, all these fake uncles and aunties who are family <laughs> friends and growing up with them. And um, yeah, you've got that connection. And then obviously when you're you're growing up, when I was 16, it was a nice little bit of income on the side, kind of from that perspective. So mm-hmm. yeah, and just, we obviously love the game. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. And uh, like I was saying, some of the experiences I've had is kind of pinch me moments of, 
I'm I'm a rubbish player. Like I can't kick a ball save <sighs> my life. Referee training on a Wednesday if they get they get the footballs out, everybody's like, oh no, don't <laughs> pass it to Vicky. Um, it's bad, but it's sweet. But I've gone to Champions League and stuff, which you know I would never ever have experienced as a player. So very very surreal, pinch me moments, which is fantastic, obviously. Yeah, I mean, those are the things, aren't they, that, that people don't realise, I think, is that how far women are rising through the ranks just now and, you know, officiating in Champions League, Europa League, getting to see the world. Um, it's a huge opportunity in that sense as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, Kylie McMullen, um, who is uh, our assistant referee in the, the Premier League, the only one at the moment, um, she's been uh, she had a Europa League tie a few weeks ago things like that. So, you know, as role models go, it's fantastic to see, you know, her, Stephanie in, in France, um, BB Germany, people like that, how how well they're doing. And, and, and the men's, Shan Maciellis, um, recently, I think it was the under-21 youth finals, you know, in UEFA. It's, you know, if you're a female and considering getting into football, refereeing is a fantastic opportunity. I think it's often forgotten about by players when they do finish and they think the automatic thing is, is coaching. But, mm-hmm. um, you you know, there's a girl, um, we're actually running a class in Edinburgh at the moment, and there's a girl on it who is uh, st- currently still playing, but, you know, she's starting to consider her options for, mm-hmm. for after, and she thinks that, you know, refereeing could be a, a great opportunity, and women's football at the moment, obviously, is just, it's, it's growing, and it's fantastic to see compared to the 10 years ago when I started out refereeing, um, how, mm-hmm. how far it's come on. And you mentioned the support network there that you guys have as a sort of a referee and family. How how important is that that you guys do all stick together and, you know, share advice and, you know, that type of thing? I would imagine that that's hugely valuable. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, refereeing, as lots of aspects of football can be, is very, very psychological um, and mentally draining. Um, so definitely need that support network around you. Whether it is when I first started out, you know, going home, I was very lucky, obviously, to have my dad at home. Um, and, you know, I'd go home and be like, Dad, this happened today. And he'd be like, you were wrong. And they're <laughs> like, nah, nah, Dad, nah. He's like, nah, you're wrong. But sometimes you need that. And, and that, yeah. you know, that, that support. But also that if you genuinely have had a bad game and you know you have, is somebody to help pick you up and have that discussion with from, from that perspective. Um but also, yeah, on a Wednesday night, if you know you've got a game coming up on the Saturday, Sunday, whenever, if they've had that team before as well, it's, it's a great to, you know, get an insight into how maybe the, that team's been playing. Um, but definitely, it's uh, it's a family, definitely, the refereeing community. Um, we're all we're all very friendly, although people might not might think we're robots. But uh, no, definitely, it's, uh, it's definitely a family um, community and, and it really helps us get by week to week um, to have that support there. And you mentioned there, you know, that you're not robots. And I think that that for me is one of the hugest, the biggest things about meeting referees and getting to know them is that human element. You know, everybody expects, every spectator expects you to get it bang on in their opinion. And you can never please everybody. Exactly, definitely. And I think you've hit it spot on as well. As referees, there's a lot of in the opinion of the referee and you know you can sit in a room of 50 referees and a decision can split the room still even you know we've all gone through the same exam we've all done everything and you know obviously we get um, guidance in Scotland from the Scottish FA and UEFA feed into that and, and FIFA feed in so we do get all those different opinions and, and fed in what you know what what they see is the correct answer for things but um and obviously that's what we try to to, to our standards to and I think people you know we get things wrong we are human you've said that we're not robots you know that if you are missing a 
a decision. It could be from a, the tiniest degree that you've just not seen that angle quite spot on. And then, when of course, when everybody watches it on the TV from the 29 different angles in slow-mo, of course they're going to mm-hmm. get it right. Um, people forget that we get one angle, one time, that's it. Um, but again, it, it does go a little bit back into that kind of family. Um, we're, we are there as a team. Um, when you're starting out, it can feel a little bit isolated. You're the only referee on the park if you don't have assistance. But we do really rely on each other and team. You know, if you've not got the angle, you hope you hope that maybe your assistant's mm-hmm. got it or whatever. But um, yeah, I do think people forget that it, that we aren't we aren't robots. And I think somebody I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but there was a study done that you know we make something like 300 decisions a game. You know, mm-hmm. there's more than one decision a minute, whether that it is tiny decisions of throw-ins, corners, whatever as well. But obviously those bigger decisions come into that as well. And it is something like we do get 99 point something percent of decisions, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, when it is those bigger decisions, that's when it obviously causes problems. But um, we, we we don't go out to get decisions wrong because <laughs> we feel, and I'm the worst for it as well, I feel terrible like and it's really hard to pick yourself up after mm. um, but obviously you've got to go again the next weekend so mm-hmm. um, we just have to live and learn from it and watch things and learn from our mistakes that's what I was going to say to you you know like you said you've got one chance and one angle to get that right um, yeah. and you've got to make the call and on the occasions where you know you do get it wrong retrospectively you can go back and watch and you know hold your hands up or have the chat with your dad or your colleagues and they'll put you put you straight but how much does it does it affect you? I mean, and how do you pick yourself back up and, and get yourself back into the next game? Yeah, um, it is really, really hard. And, and like I say, I think people do think, you know, that's it, we walk away from a game and then that's it, we don't think anything of it. But for myself, I'm really tough on myself. I'll go away and I, and we're really lucky now, especially in the women's game, obviously the men's game, I've had it for a long time, but kind of video clips and things like that to watch back um, and analyse what could have I have done better and uh, you know my family are sometimes like Vicky you've watched it so many times now like <laughs> or, or whoever I'm speaking to uh, you know you've, you've you've got to get on with it and you're like no but they're like there must be something and I, I can spend two three four days after a game watching the same three four second clip over and over to really try but um, it is just something over time you have to learn um, to kind of well you've got another game next Saturday so you just have to pick yourself up eventually learn from it don't do it again the next Saturday you know um Mm -hmm. get through it unscathed basically um and and it can be really hard and I think um Willie uh, Collins spoken about it before about you know there is that nervousness if you've had a really really tough game the week before there is that nervousness going into and it almost is like just need to get through it and get all these decisions right and, and have a really good game you know we're getting observed we're getting marked and there are repercussions for that we people again think nothing happens if we get something wrong or no you know we get spoken to and you get the observer goes and you get a mark and and that can really affect things so no we just have to pick ourselves up dust ourselves down and and learn from the mistakes and I think some you know people don't realize the pressure going into a game on referees because I guess you know if you're if you're going out there confident you've had a couple of good games under your belt you know confidence breeds confidence but there is a, a certain element of pressure where, you know, you, you are under a lot of scrutiny. Oh, yeah, 100%, especially the guys in the top flight. You know, the tiniest of margins can obviously make the biggest difference to a game. And, um, you know, we were watching some clips from the weekend at our class last night. And again, it's split a room. They are all learning still and stuff like that in, in the class that are coming through. But, 
you know, it is interesting thing. Obviously, refereeing decisions is in the opinion of people, and it, and it can split split a room. But um, yeah, we just have to to learn from the advice that we're given from the Scottish FA when they look at that, um, and just you know make sure that we get it right next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is incredible pressure, especially in in bigger games, and what what can be the repercussions for teams after that as well. And um, one of the biggest things for me is if I do get something wrong, and I you know I've got and I'm like oh no I definitely did get that wrong is you know if it was that bad when next time I have that team is having that human element and saying I got that wrong really sorry hold my hands up so mm-hmm. um yeah I think it's important you know to to accept that so mm-hmm. and what what's your take on VAR I mean obviously that's a, a huge impact in terms of the refereeing landscape um have you used that yet in any of the other competitions uh, so I'm not VAR trained. Um, there's only so many in Scotland. Kylie is our only female um, who's trained on it. You have to do something ridiculous, like 100 hours of training um, mm. before you can use VAR. And listening to Kylie, it's very, very <laughs> uh, technical. You have to know exactly what each camera is called and things like that. But, you know, I think VAR is great. I think, um, I, think it, I think we're getting there now. I think obviously it had a few teething issues at the start. Um, mm-hmm. um, but definitely, I think... Um, we're seeing it come through now and we're learning from it anything that can help a referee all for it you know we're again going back to that thing of you know we're not robots we're we're human anything that can help us get that see that slow-mo see that other angle that we didn't quite see mm-hmm. all for it um obviously people again need to remember it does come back to there is that in the opinion of whoever's looking at it and mm. things are not always um black and white there are the gray areas but um yeah um i'm definitely all for our um and Hopefully, I get to use it at some point. We've seen some training clips um, of actually listening to people referees using it, and it is really, really interesting the teamwork that goes on. Again, that people I don't think appreciate what's going on in our ears when we're using the comms equipment and bar and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting. And then the flip side to that is you've got people complaining about how VAR is killing the game; it kills the atmosphere. But then at the same time, people will complain if the referee doesn't get it right. So that you're then equipping. <laughs> giving the referee the equipment to to make sure they get it absolutely spot on and I guess there's always got to be a trade-off hasn't there as well yeah yeah and I I suppose that that's that comment there that you know I think there's still teething issues we're getting Mm. there you know just trying to get that flow right for the game because you know it isn't like a stop start sport we want to see the flows or people celebrating goals and then a flag Mm. goes up I understand that it can be frustrating from our angle, obviously, as referees, we want to make sure we get it right, though. So, so you're right. It is that trade-off of do you want to get us to get it right, or you know, do you mm-hmm. want a decision potentially to go against your team, which you know we don't want. We want to be right. We want to get everything spot on. So, mm-hmm. and you've worked in both the men's and the women's game, um, yeah. so you've you know you've got experience of the top flight um, women's game in Scotland. Um, what what would you say? I mean, how do you find officiating the is there big differences between officiating the two different leagues? Um, I don't know. Sometimes I find um, the women's a bit more ta- you know, tactical. Um, there's a few more tactics in there, things like that. We've really got to watch um, when, when we're refereeing. If you know a team, you can start to learn some of the things they're trying to do. Um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, they're they're both really interesting. I, I really enjoy refereeing both, just the different styles as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's great to have the opportunity to do both. I know in some countries they kind of make you pick one or the other, mm-hmm. um, but I, I do enjoy doing both. Um, so and it's great to have the the opportunity as well to do both and and try and work um, 
my way up both both sides of the game. So no, it's definitely interesting to see both sides. Yeah. Do you have a preference for which you you like to to officiate more? Um, not really. Um, I'm more on the line at the moment in the mains. I probably prefer personally just more on the line. They're very different. Again, people don't like, realise how different refereeing is to assistant refereeing. It's kind of two different skill sets. Um, mm-hmm. but um, so I do more on the line on the men. So it's if from anything you know maybe from that perspective but I really do enjoy doing both men's and women's so I don't mm. really have a preference on on to which one or the other. And do you think the gender thing is becoming less of an issue as you know people get more accustomed to seeing women run the line or officiating games do you think that it, that it is improving do you get that sense? I think from my perspective definitely I think um, it's kind of almost become the norm hopefully um you know um when I was starting out in the men's game um you know people I would arrive at a ground and they'd be like oh my gosh it's a female what do we do and it's like (laughs) oh come on like it's fine and you just carry on and don't worry though 10 minutes into that game I'm just another referee I'm just getting you know yeah the same take that how you want but, you know, mm. now there's, I don't know, it's very, very odd, I would say, for me to show up to a game and be like, oh, my gosh, it's a female, you know, mm. um, which is good. Um, there isn't that, you know, there isn't any scene that's any different. I'm just another referee, um, which is good. And I think that's really come from kind of also hopefully the media attention. I feel like people are really starting to pay attention to the women's game. So hopefully that's becoming um you know um more mainstream you know from the media from the women's world cup and things like that from scotland doing so well and um especially um the women's spl getting on bbc alba and streamed and stuff and um, so that's uh, that's good to see that you know there's no more media attention from that perspective and lots of ways you you want to be treated exactly the same you know you don't want to be yeah. treated you know differently because you're a woman or you know you're going to receive the same level of abuse i would imagine whether you're a man or a woman um, and yeah. so you've just got to kind of get on with it it's part of the job I guess as a referee isn't it yeah unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I was saying you know like and there, I've had some funny moments as well like people like like I said not 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 quite knowing probably one of the funniest ones was I was on the line at a I think it was a junior game and there was two uh, two gentlemen behind me watching and they were like you could, I could hear them having a conversation about what to call me because we're obviously <laughs> called assistant referees and that's been for a long time now but Obviously, people still call assistant referees linesmen a lot of the time. Uh, and they had a conversation about what to call me. And I could just hear it going on like for the first 10 minutes of the game. And, and the ball went out and they, they shouted, eh, Linus, Linus. <laughs> and I was like, really? Really? Is that what we're going with? And I had to actually stop and laugh. Uh, so no, there is some f- funny moments as well. But that, that was a good few years ago now. And do you ever see yourself as, you know, like you say, you've been doing this for 10 and 11 years now, as you know, you're, you've mentioned Kylie as well, you guys being the role models in Scotland for young women looking to get into the refereeing side of the game? Yeah, um, definitely. Like Kylie um, and Lorraine Watson, they're probably um, the two kind of most public role models for me. And and there's many others, um, Vicky Robertson, Molly Alexander, you know, they're the kind of other FIFA girls, definitely. And um, if there's anything that we can do, you know, to encourage girls to get into the game, and uh, like I was saying before, you know, there is that kind of people forget about refereeing as a potential angle to go into after playing. You know, more than half here, if there's you know younger girls who who aren't very good at playing, like me, uh, <laughs> who this is an option for, then uh, 
no, definitely, you know, happy, um, delighted if, if if I'm seen as a role model and hopefully uh, for the right reasons and getting decisions right and, and, and a way to stay in the game and keep fit and um, things like that. So, no, definitely. How close do you think we are to seeing, you know, a woman, you know, lead a, a top flight game in Scotland in terms of officiating? Do you think we're, you know, we're, clo- we're anywhere near that? Yeah, I don't think we're a million miles off. Obviously, we've got Kylie on the line already. Um, uh, but Lorraine, she's category 1D um, at the moment. Uh, she, she's been on kind of um, mat leave. She's back. She's been back. I think she got back maybe late last year and obviously try to get back into things and then lockdown. Um, but yeah, she's cat 1D. So she um, is that kind of one step away from the Premier League. So mm-hmm. um, really, I don't see a million miles off. I would really hope, you know, we see a female in the middle in the next five years. I would really, really hope. Um um, fingers crossed because I don't think there's any reason if we can pass a fitness test and prove ourselves why why there shouldn't be. And you mentioned lockdown as well we've all been affected by this we've all missed the game so much and it is starting to slowly come back obviously you know we can't as fans attend games etc but um, we see you starting to get you know and and all the guys starting to get games back in the books how has it been for you and, and what have you got coming up? Yeah, it's uh, definitely been an interesting six months. Um, yeah, we kind of, you know, we were trying to keep together as a group because obviously the mental side of things, you know, we do see ourselves like as a community, as a friendship group. And I know it's not just this aspect of the game because teams and stuff. So it was it was quite tough at first, but, you know, we started kind of doing virtual training and things like that over Zoom, which was good fun trying to get everyone, as I'm sure everybody's experienced over the last six months, everyone on trying on a Zoom call. Um, and we kind of started back properly training um, when things kind of came back. So about, I think it was three weeks ago on Wednesday. Um, so that was really, really nice just to be back on a pitch and, and seeing everybody again. Um, obviously, was all still there was only I think it's I think it's eighteen. Um, I'm not our COVID officer, so I can't remember all the rules. But I think you know it's still a very, very limited amount. We've had to kind of split into separate sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting, and I had my first game back on Saturday there, so definitely was a bit nervous going into it. I was like, can't I even remember the rules? Uh, <laughs> so uh, that that was interesting, and and we've just kind of had our, our our fitness tests and stuff to, to also that was difficult because there's no tracks for us to go and do those, so to kind of get nominations in for next year for for international football. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not quite 100 percent sure what's coming up. Um, well, we'll see uh, kind of what announcements are coming, obviously, as well for, for what's going to happen. But uh, hopefully more games this weekend and then potentially see about international football, you know, um, women's. There was the Euros, I think, last week. Um, so hopefully we start seeing some appointments coming through for that as well. And yeah. um, I think that'll be an interesting experience as well, um, just with all the, the new kind of rules and, and yeah. regulations that we've got to follow. That's the thing is it is changing all the time you know we've got announcements coming up you know big announcements this week anticipating changes and you know the women's game's meant to be coming back in October yeah but you know hopefully that's not in doubt hopefully and they can hopefully keep the men's game but uh, you know where they are at the minute and keeping going do you I take it you're subjected to or you will be when things are more uh, you know regular Covid testing and all that kind of thing you guys need to stay up to date with all that yeah, so I've just mainly been doing, um, it's not obviously in the Men's Professional League, so we haven't been having the COVID tests at the moment. Um, Kylie has because she's been in the Premier League and, and, and if I get to go abroad, then I have to have, I think I have to have a test within 
42 or you know 78 hours or whatever it is before I leave for the flight and then get one as soon as you land and things like that um but from the kind of grassroots perspective and from the women's game and in lowland league etc there, there's no COVID tests in the moment so um we'll see because obviously that's a massive massive expense for everybody mm. and I just don't think anybody especially with no spectators getting in to watch as well how how that income would ever come in and appreciate you know there's been the generous donations throughout the summer um from from various people but yeah um definitely interesting to see kind of what what happens that's the thing isn't it I guess that obviously the first priority is everyone's safety and but football in Scotland is such a huge part of everybody's life most people you know have a following or an interest in the game so even just from a sort of morale perspective it's so important I feel to keep the game going as much as we can yeah, definitely. And, I, and I, you know, I was surprised at how much, uh, not that I don't love training normally, you know, um, but how, how much I really did enjoy that kind of first session back and just seeing, even if it was only 17 other people, but, you know, just being on a pitch and um, how much of a difference that made. And it def- you're definitely right. It's that, that morale and people really use sport, obviously, for that kind of mental and I, I, I found it really hard with work, I have to admit, you know, um, I'm working from home um, and kind of try to switch off and obviously usually kind of sport is that to go out a run or to go, you know, you've got a game to go away. So did find it quite hard um, through lockdown. I know a lot of other people have as well. And But you're right, it's, it's definitely all about the safety um, and we want to make sure that everybody's safe, but it would be nice to make sure that things don't go off course for next month, definitely. Absolutely. Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and finding out all about you. And um, I hope, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything keeps going well for you personally and, and obviously for the game as well. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks for having me on.